Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 7, Episode 2 of the Euphoria Podcast. I'm Dracos, joined now, as always, by Cadrel, uh, to talk to you about all things LEC. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud is where we are available. And this week, we're going to recap Week 1 uh, and your overreactions about Week 1. Before we take a closer look at this year's rookie class in the LEC, we have interviews with XL's Checolat and Mads Elyoya, and we're going to wrap it up with a preview of what's coming your way in Week 2. But first... First thing is first, Cadrell. We got to talk a little bit about week one without the overreactions. My and, favorite bit. And you know what this means. Mm-hmm. We've got to watch me uh, murder my mouth because I doubted you in your infinite wisdom. Yeah. Rogue is... Uh, they're looking hot. Rogue are looking no hot. No pun intended, but <laughs> Rogue's looking hot. Man's not looking hot. <laughs> it's not a good look. All right, Phil, why don't we... Um, our producer why don't we take a look at the at the video i haven't seen this can't wait hey everybody it's dracos here at my home yeah so we made a bet last week kato and i on rogue versus fanatic spoiler alert week one would prove him correct and me wrong and fanatic got absolutely destroyed so now i have to eat these 2x spicy challenge noodles i don't know how hot this is going to be my producer said it's a slow burn so i should add thai chilies on top I didn't have anything nice to say back to that, so I said nothing. But I'm not going to do that because I am not that big of a masochist. But what's going to happen is I'm going to eat these noodles. And the second I start to feel the spice, I'm going to give you guys the most concise breakdown of the week that I possibly can. This is where we cut this into a noodle eating montage. I'm sorry, Rogue. Oh, I hate you so much, Kedril. Okay, week one of the LEC, a, a super week. It was three days back-to-back of thrilling action-packed League of Legends. Uh, the big stories, teams who dominated, G2, still probably the best team in the league, but also still sloppy as hell and really coordinated in the same games. At the same time, Rogue are also great, and I'm personally sorry for ever doubting you ever, Rogue. Rogue's still playing some slower League of Legends, maybe something to look out for as we get deeper into the season, as it could potentially be a liability as they face other top teams, but currently, it's just them and G2. Teams who were not so good, teams who failed. First up, to the surprise of many, myself included, Shock and Fear had some incredibly poorly coordinated, incredibly, incredibly uh, close games that probably shouldn't have been that way. The result in a 1-2 finish, even with most of the rest of the pack, but... Even the game that they won was like a super gigantic mess, and I would not have any faith in Shaka if they continue to play like this. Last and probably certainly least on this list is Astralis. Astralis were one gigantic hot mess. They're gonna have to turn around literally everything in their play style. They were uncoordinated, their drafts were bad. Can't touch them all. And it, things just didn't work for them. Players is down week one, surprise, surprise, G2 Reckless. He played really well, as he always does. Um, hard to say how well he's integrating into G2 as a team, but G2 being 3-0, it's certainly a positive start for the season overall. Misfits also, both of their new players showed up really well. Hear it, technically not a rookie because he played in the TCL, but played a super clean Renekton game. Absolutely smacked Armut around despite falling down in CS. And back to the map, came back, evened it up, and was a big threat overall and a big contribution to the win. VTO was really good at Zoe. Was really, really good at Zoe, and they'll probably ban it and we'll probably never see it again. But overall, um, he put on a clinic first Fnatic and almost single-handedly won Misfits the game. Larson, last player on this list, current Kia player, the game leader, looked really solid. Uh, both of his new teammates had a solid first week. Larson was the big standout. Yeah, LEC is a waiting room now for Rogue versus G2 coming in week four. Games worth watching this week. Misfits versus Vitality, really cool game. A lot of interesting picks, in- including um, Ash with Muramana and Imperial Mandate. Uh, Melitza still popping off, absolutely. If you want a sick game to watch, both were off meta picks and cool stuff. Misfits versus Vitality is certainly it. Fanatic versus Rogue was a disaster. Larson is amazing, continues to be amazing, probably the only player who will consistently contest caps, and that's the mid lane that we're all just waiting for. And this game was just absolute, absolute fanatic destruction. It was an embarrassment that I even predicted them. They turned it around at the end of the week, but Jesus, this was a mess. Last on our list, Excel versus G2. This game, on paper, had no business being as close as it was, but Excel absolutely popped off and deserve a ton of praise for staying even in this one as much as possible, even though Dan with a 40 CS lead on Udyr Dungle, did very little in the late game. Cry showed up in a big way, and it was really cool to see. Rise I learned that Braum is still a pick, and that if it can counter your entire comp, even if it's out of meta, people will pick it. And in this case, people was Mickey X. 
Uh, still a good win for G2 at the end of the day, but surprised that Excel pushed them as far as they did. Oh, I guess that's it for the breakdown. Um, congrats to Rogue and Cadrill for making me suffer. 2x Spice, surprisingly manageable. And maybe Phil is right. Maybe next time we do need to add the Thai chilies. The sad news is this is going to continue to burn my mouse for the rest of the day. It's going to f*** my ability to eat for 24 hours. But in this recap, it was not nearly as inhibiting as I expected to be. But uh, I hope my suffering brought you joy at home. And see you for the rest of the episode. And back to a less miserable me. And it is indeed a less miserable me. And I will say that's the worst part about this video. It's like I was like this shit better make me cry. Because yeah. then, you know what I mean? Because at this point, it's like, I have to choose between, if because if I don't suffer enough, I'm accountable to you mm -hmm. as the person I lost a bet to you. But also the public's going to be like, I don't know if you suffered enough. Yeah, I want, We need the run back. I want to see you really suffer. It's really good content. I like it. <laughs> Let's do that again. I think we got to do hot wings. The spicy noodles were, as, as mentioned, a slow burn. Like literally my lips burned for the rest of the day. Very hard for me to eat anything else. Mm. Definitely hard chugged that milk. I, disgusting fun fact. Mm. A fly fell in that milk during that challenge. Okay. It just got added to my body. There were no, no questions no asked. No way. Did you just Dude, drink bro, it? the second I was done, I looked at it and I was like, this is who I am now. And just... Because that's just, that's just disgusting, man. What the hell? <laughs> bro, when you... But, they were very hot. But I think that like having your lips burned throughout the whole day is, is a fine kind of punishment, I think, for predicting fanatic. <laughs> but I think, like you said, I think hot wings would be better. Like a full-on table of hot wings and like a challenge yeah. between both of us. Like a come on, like a full-on battle, you know? Not a bet, like a battle. That would be sick. Like a question. We, we could just do Quick hot round ones. questions. We could just do... We could just literally just take hot ones. Yeah. It's fine. We, we, we here at the LEC have never repurposed an idea from more traditional media and then no, put League of Legends about. on it and pretended no. it's a new thing. That's it's, never happened. Just came up with it right now. Just brilliant. Yeah, God. that's fine. Maybe we could just sneak on in, into a Hot Ones episode. We just have to pop off so hard as a duo <laughs> that they invite us on Hot Ones. I don't know if that's even possible. Hot duo goes on to Hot Ones. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. But um, yeah, that okay. spicy bet was interesting. I liked watching you suffer. <laughs> Let's do that again. We'll get more. For the record, I did eat noodles intermittently throughout the thing. Um, okay, so you're eating while it was recorded. I ate. It was just cut I out. It stopped a little bit, and the second it started to not burn. Uh -huh. Yeah, because I like. I think you're a man of your word. I, I'll take I, that. I'm not. I also recorded a video on my phone to make sure that people saw that I put all of the spice in, mm. just in case they're the, the friggin' doubt. Did you like give it a sniff and like? Oh. It did smell like death. I was really nervous, <laughs> but like the sauce packet, I smelled it and I was like. This is gonna. This, this is gonna kill me. This is gonna me. suck. And my my stomach is definitely feeling it worse than my mouth. But did. I don't understand how people can actually buy those and think like, hmm. Okay, this is what I will That's say. That's dinner. <laughs> this this brand of noodles, all people know, is bomb as hell. They have, and this sounds nasty, it's really nasty. They have a spicy carbonara mm. instant noodle. See, uh, but it's so bomb, Katie. Yeah, I can imagine that it tastes good. I like spicy food a lot, right? I really like. I know those are the red noodles from the the Korean red noodles. Those ones mm -hmm, taste mm -hmm. so good. But those ones just, I feel like it's just, there's a line. And like when you cross that line, it just becomes pain rather than enjoyment. And sometimes the pain is enjoyable from the spicy food. Yeah. But that just, just kind of ruins your day a bit, I think. Unless I, you're used to it, I guess. I completely agree. I think that the nice thing, I'm, I'm, I am I'm like it, is what I'll say. Not those noodles, but I, like, yeah. I generally like the things that are on that on that cusp of uh -huh. being too spicy. Because it keeps that, like that pain keeps you coming back. I think there's like a psychological thing. Is that the, the spiciest one in the store? The 2X? Yeah. I have to imagine, and maybe at some point, absolutely not. It goes way higher, says okay. the producer. Way, way higher. So yeah, have I to have to imagine that. at some point that there was like that that was the peak. But then I think once people probably started doing the noodle challenges, uh -huh. it's like once you do it once, it's like, ah, it's weak shit. You yeah, I need to go to the next level. Yeah, like, you got to keep leveling up. It's like Goku. It's Well, it's also like, you know, it's just like normal peppers, right? Yeah. You know, it's like the ghost pepper, the Super Saiyan 4. You ever had a ghost pepper? No. Me neither. Yeah, that's... Producers? Phil. <laughs> Ghost pepper on the next one. I'm that one. I'm worried about because that one's like, do we need a medic on standby? I've seen people take them on like live streams and stuff, dude. That looks brutal. Oh I've seen God. whole cartons of milk be devoured in seconds. Yeah, I could do that. You could do that. I could do that. I could devour. A I also, oh, I thought you meant you could do the pepper. No, God, no. <laughs> I could eat a pepper and then not live with the consequences. Mm. That, that's about as far as I could get. All right, Cadrill. So just kind of wrap this up. Obviously, you had these like, you know, this Giga 5 head. I heard about Scrims and Rogue, a really good prediction for them yeah. in week one that they're S tier. Yeah. Um, is there anything like, is 
just really quick, TLDR, do you feel like the rest of your tier list was spot on? What do you feel like you got right? What do you feel like you got wrong before we start talking about people's uh, overreactions? See, I think from A upwards, tier lists are kind of easy to make because you can just look at last split. But I think loads of teams remade, so I had to make a lot of blind guesses. Oh, for sure. I had to kind of blind guess that Schalke would keep the Miracle run alive. I gave a blind guess on Astralis and obviously D tier, Vitality XL. Maybe that's a little harsh. But I think that being uh, being really critical and giving them a chance to show up. So if your opinion looks really low on them, they do average, then obviously they look good. So I think that looking at the standings right now, perhaps I made two mistakes. I think Schalke is looking pretty, pretty bad. I would have dropped them down a tier or two. And I think Astralis looks like they need to drop down a tier or two. Although seven teams are tied 1-2, I think, right? Yeah, I think that... So I, I know that's a good point, but I think the scorelines are misleading. Yeah, because... Some people had a really hard weekend, whereas others didn't really have a hard weekend. Like XL, they played against Mad Lions and G2, I believe, right? Yep. Or they, so they've had a pretty str- pretty hard kind of opening week. Um, but yeah, other teams had easier weekends. So yeah, I mean, obviously everyone's tied at seven people, like one, two. But yeah, I think Schalke and Astralis need to be dropped down a bit. And then perhaps Misfits needs to go up a little bit. Misfits might need to go up. They are at 2-1. and one. But again, yeah. I think Scoreline, folks, if you haven't watched Scoreline, not necessarily the greatest indicator of success because there are so many people tied. That said, Misfits did have a pretty good week. And I guess for Rogue and G2, the Scoreline does pretty accurately reflect how yeah. good that they were I on mean, stage. They're both 3-0. I would argue Rogue's games looked cleaner. Yeah, but also slower. Yeah. I mean, I think they like... Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about it. But that's, yeah, I think I think generally, like, you hit the mark on, on the top end of the table, which is really cool to see. And the rest is a gigantic mess. And while I'd say that there's a lot of changes there, I also don't really expect you to get that because I am frankly stunned at how many teams uh, either showed up in a way I didn't expect or really, really ran it. But it's the same as last year. I remember even when I was playing last year, every, scene, every single split, the whole middle of the pack was just a complete octagon fist fight, like, free for all. Maybe we get another insane playoffs race maybe yeah, like, the actually is the four percent difference enough for excel comparison for this season will actually be relevant this time around maybe yeah i don't know i just always remember 10th place to fifth place was just a complete fiesta and it was one win separating them until the last weekend every single time yeah because so. origin weren't perma 10th they just ended up no. there and, and vitality was also like one win behind playoffs we were one win away from play we were eight wins <laughs> uh yeah yeah everyone was super tied up all right well moving forward um obviously there's a lot to talk about in week one it was a super week uh i hit some of the quick notes in that spicy breakdown but we've got your overreactions uh we got them from at lec on twitter thank you everyone for for your wonderful replies we're going to talk about some of the ones i think are going to spark some good discussions between me and cadrel but we appreciate everyone who contributed there's also some that are um really really just funny to me or like low-key bm that i'm just going to read for kicks um so I actually have to like pull the laptop off my face because I took the worst, tiniest screenshots ever. So I'm going to start with this one. This mm-hmm. is on my list of dumb stuff, but I mm-hmm. just thought it was funny. Um, at Isaac Gilbert, Isaac Gilbert 1 says, both Rogue and G2 won't lose a single game this year, exclamation point. Math. <laughs> Science. <laughs> They're so good, they'll tie against each other. They can both win. And they'll both count as a win. <laughs> both yeah. count as a win. Yeah. But that segues me into the actual take. This one from the Rogue Twitter themselves. Um, at Rogue, we beat SK Gaming and Excel faster than G2 Esports did. Therefore, Rogue greater than G2. But I think we're was... not going to see these teams play till week four. Mm. But let's talk a little bit about like expectations for Rogue versus G2 mm. with the one week that we have seen. You said Rogue playing a little bit cleaner. Mm. G2 still had some some G2 moments, but like, are they are they close right now? Like, is this is this a world where like, let's say we played best of five week two just for no reason, just instant best of five between Rogue and G2? Are you like this is a close one? Is this still super G2 favored? Is this five games? Is it can Rogue win? Ah, like, oh, it's such a hard question. I think I think G2. I think Rogue would win the best of five right now, honestly. Rogue just look fundamentally like super, super clean. And sometimes when you come out of the gate in spring, most of the teams look like they've got no idea what they're doing or the late game's trash or the draft's meta is just off, bad meta read. But I think that for me, Rogue's meta read is incredible. And if you just look at the way they're playing the games, like they can win they can win against you with winning lanes, team fights, yep. globals, uh, picks, anything they want. They can just pick it and play it. So... I think the, the good thing about Rogue is they're super, super flexible. So it's in a way similar to G2 in terms of champion pools. But I just think that the way they play the game is super, super clean. And you saw some of G2's games were kind of sloppy against XL. 
they did almost, well, I won't say they almost lost, but they struggled a little bit. Well, and I think the thing that was really cool about the XL game was they were really pushed to the limit. Like when we yeah. look at that Caps play on the bottom lane where he like barely makes it out and the 2v1 is a Kali. Mm. I think any other player dies there. Yeah, 100%. Maybe, maybe not Larson is the other player that you'd give the oh, benefit yeah. of the doubt to. It and was... like if he dies there, they lose bot and hib. And I think they probably had to trade it for Baron. Maybe yeah. the rest of Excel can contest. But like that's a very different game if Caps doesn't like friggin' MacGyver. By the way, if you haven't watched this game, I know it's Excel versus G2, so you're like, oh, resident sleeper. Great game. Yeah, but the thing is, Caps did die in the end, so he didn't get the Baron buff. Patrick did run down and kill him. Yeah, yeah but that's true. Yeah, they could have got maybe an inhib. It was actually XL who faced Rogue, not Mad Lions, like I said earlier. But yeah, mm. I think Rogue, especially against, for example, that's what I can bring up against XL. Rogue played super, super clean. They knew XL was scaling. And then I'm glad that XL actually picked champions, which could do something for once. So when they went against G2, there was signs of hope. Um, <laughs> yeah. They almost won. But I don't want to look at their performance against G2 and be like, oh, well, XL must beat G2. I think they're pretty strong. I want to see more from them, you know. You got to kill the Nexus, Dracos. When you kill the Nexus, that's when you can get the... Yeah. Uh, the praise, I think. On, on the subject of, of XL, just really quick, I, I'd put this one out because it just it, it made me laugh. Uh, skew fan at skewlan uh, underscore, and we'll get the actual tweets up in front of you so you guys can see you did this because, again, appreciate people who, who tweeted in. He said, Cries will play Yumi top. You know, <laughs> fun, fun fact. <laughs> no, don't tell me. Fun it. fact. I remember I was in Rotterdam and XL was hosting this 1v1 tournament. If you won, you won some prizes. And I did yeah, about yeah. 250 1v1s. Yeah. And I, I won so many in a row that it got to the point where they had all this gear and they're like, okay, KJ, you started losing. So I said, okay, they can choose my champion. So someone chose me, Yumi. And I've never played a more trash champ in my life in a 1v1. Your skill shots, no matter what, are in a straight line mm -hmm. and your auto attacks hit for 40. Yeah. It's the worst solo laner on I the think planet. I'm sure of it. In and tier list of shittiest solo laners, Yumi definitely number one. Rel is probably a close second since half yeah. of her kid is totally non-functional. Actually, what would you do? Maybe you just pick like a super wave clear jungle like Hecarim and he comes top, takes your wave, and then you just go on him and then as he pushes the wave, you just go gank mid together or something. Nah, dude. No, it's trash. It's no, actually I'm not, so I don't bad. know why I'm trying to theorycraft this. It's, it's don't just, do it. It's don't strictly do it. worse than any of the other like... Um, funnel solo queue boosting e strats yeah. or whatever because yeah. you can just like there are actual champions who do much better things yeah or maybe christ plays support yumi and then tori goes top lane that could be sick yeah. anyway memes aside glad that christ played a real champion this weekend. yeah rogue versus g2 rogue looking cleaner i think credit to g2 it's hard to know how good g2 are until Mm. Until um, they're pushed to the limit. Until they're pushed to the limit, yeah. or in, and really the second best of fives turn on. I'm yeah. just like generally assume we're going to see the best version of G2 because it feels like you could argue. I, I mean, my argument is the rogue look cleaner right now, right? Yeah. But then you've got Wonder who's like uh, picking Ivern because he wants to test it, and even in his interview with uh, with Laura, I remember he said, "Yeah, well, we're just playing champs to test things. May as well. It's a stage game. Just just go for it. It's spring split anyway, so may as well." So G2 doesn't like look like they're taking it super seriously. Yeah, I think the so um, you can tell kind of in their play, you know. When we think about it, like the Akali Aurelia, as cool as it was, like you heard Grabs in the post game interview say, like, hey, if we wanted to win this Excel game super cleanly, like we could have drafted something tanky in the top lane, like yeah. Gragas, and had 100%. a much, much easier time. And I think that is very true, even despite Wonder's really solid Aurelia performance that mm -hmm. game. Um, so I think it's tough. All I'll say is, I said in the Spicy Pavilion, I'll say it again, this is the Rogue versus G2 waiting room. We also get Fnatic versus G2 in week three. We'll see if that one's like going to slap or if yeah. it's just for the. Uh, the just for sleeper. the if just for the nostalgia, you yeah. know, the rivalry game. Resident Sleeper Rogue versus G2 waiting room. That's the one. But oh, I man. have to agree. I don't know. I think yeah, it's so hard to rate G2 in early spring split because they just make too much fun of everyone. Yeah. And sometimes themselves a bit, <laughs> but it's fun to watch. It's they're the only team, I think, in the history of the league. It's hard for me to remember all the things that have been said about Fnatic over the years, but like that have won so consistently for so long, um, where they basically just have just an unimaginable amount of clout. <laughs> like, you just never doubt G2. Like, G2 could objectively run it for five weeks and we'd still believe that they would show up. And yeah, play I think they're mentally drilled in everyone's head that no matter who they face, they have a mental advantage just because you think, like, oh, yeah. they, 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 last year they picked, like, Serac top against me and murdered me. So, yeah, he's not a real champ now. Is, is the Garen real? Is it not? Is Are they Garen? trolling on Twitter? <laughs> like, no one knows at this point. It's, it's like, okay, is the Twitter poll for should they play Ivern top? Like, actually a meme and the fact or that, have yeah. they actually been practicing Ivern top and the fact that Wunder's just tweeting Ivern quotes before his game like a competitive game think of all the other players who are like coming into these competitive games ready tryharding getting in the mood doing everything they can and Wunder's just sitting there like tweeting about what he's imagine you leave solo queue 
and the and just getting absolutely griefed as you do in EU West. You go into like the ERLs, you play in these really serious competitive leagues, and you finally make it to the LEC. And then it comes full circle because the best team in the league is full of like the same kind of grief you're getting in solo queue. They're Your playing debut against them. top. Yeah. Like what? Your first day at LEC, you're like, I'm ready. I can't wait to play against Wonder, the one of the best top laners, if not the best top laner in Europe. And then you see just standing here, oh my beans. <laughs> the green father. Oh, listen to the wisdom of mushrooms. Like, God, Ivan quotes are so bizarre. I love it. I love it so much. And this is not the first time Wonder does this. He always sometimes no. tweets about it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. And, and the thing also is that just spring forever and ever will, in, in, this, in, in our current format at least, will always just be a more relaxed split in terms of states. Yeah, it's a ramp right? up. Yeah. And I, and I don't mind that, but I do think that's something to take with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, I can click on the pictures so they grow. I don't have to like hold the laptop into my face like an old man. All right. Next one. This one is from Margo Bruised, at Margo Bruised. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, Reckless was the stability and voice of calm that kept Fnatic together. Now they're just running wild with no direction. And then that kind of like slanty sad face with like the sideways lips. Uh, Not sure if they'll find that with Niski or Upset. What do you think about that? Um, Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made that Reckless was the foundation for which Fnatic could always fall upon. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, we've entered a lot, guys, but Reckless is farming up pretty well. And I think you saw that with G2, you know. Everyone was fighting and dying, but Reckless, zero deaths, one death. He died once, I think, the whole weekend. Yeah. And he had like 13 kills on Jin, 8 kills on Severe, legendary every game. KDA Highest King. CS, KDA King. So It's G- honestly, I, th- I thought about this this weekend. It's so funny that his name is Reckless. But, but like, we just take his name as Reckless. It doesn't uh, yeah. mean anything. But like, how is, how is someone who is like the KDA King named Reckless? Like, if a True. new player came in and their name was like, like safety and they ran it every game we would make jokes about it's it memes. every week you it's, know? it's like central. maximum memes but we're just used to it at this point with reckless yeah reckless uh yeah i mean you can see it in g2 he is like the foundation now he's like the the secure carry that i think they lacked almost not lacked but they never really had i think perks was more of the yeah. g2 style just go in with my team and int it with them because uh he was much more of a flexible team player engaging doesn't not scared to fight whereas reckless is very kind of like secure and fighting safe um, but yeah, I think Fnatic obviously lacking that factor, especially with Whippo Hillisang on your team, when those guys love to fight, I think they need to kind of reel it in themselves now a bit more or upset and Niski and step and say, like, take control. But that's kind of hard to do when you're on a brand new team, especially yeah. when that team has historically succeeded for so long, especially internationally. Yeah. So actually putting the reins on those kind of players is a bad idea. So I think they have to, Hillisang and Whippo, I'm pointing them out, I think, because they're the most aggressive players on Fnatic, kind of need to reel it in a bit. Well, and we've heard in the past that one of the big things that like a voice like Brox brought to the table and a voice like Reckless brought to the table when it was the, I guess, the 2018 lineup, right, mm-hmm. um, was they were the voice of reason. And it was like, oh, my God. The Whipple called it the goon squad, you know, like they, you know, him, him, uh, him, Caps and Hillasing were like the the goon squad, you know, they were just roaming Running the map, around, killing fighting everyone, everyone just yeah. like, and he's like, and you know, sometimes it's like, it's like reckless and Brox's job to like bring us back yeah. on the leash, you know what I mean? And yeah. so I think that there is definitely going to be that balancing act of like figuring out if this is a role that Upset can fill or if this is like still how they want to play the game where they have these really aggressive voices, but. I don't. I don't think that this isn't. This is something that Fnatic like can't recover from or can't adjust Definitely. for. Definitely. But I do think that it is something that's probably really hard to do because I think when you're comfortable on a team, I imagine at least this is how I, this is how I kind of feel about it generally is that like you get into a role, you think very consciously about the role that you have, but then once you're in it, you don't think about it anymore. It becomes very natural, mm. right? And I imagine that for Bwipo and Hilla saying, if they're very naturally, very comfortable with being these big aggressive callers and these risk takers, that like shifting away from that will take a lot of conscious effort because unconsciously you will just shift back into that if you're not mm-hmm. very deliberate about making that decision. And I think what the public has to realize is these players are professionals and they will do anything they can to win, right? They're not yep. one-dimensional people. It's not so much looking on paper and saying, well, Reckless was the person who pulls them back. They've lost that factor and now they're going to be a bad team. I think you have to understand that Upset, Niski, Bwipo, Hilla saying, all these players want to be the best. They obviously are going to know what their problems is themselves the best because they know themselves the best, right? They're going to be screaming all day and finding out what those problems are and they're going to be problem solving. So I think that, yes, you can argue that they've lost this factor in Reckless, but you have to also argue that these are the best players in their role. They know exactly what they need to do. So Whippo and Hillisang will tone it down themselves to be able to win because they'll notice it's a problem. Upset will step up and try to fit Reckless's role as best he can or maybe implement better ways to make the team better. So 
Yeah. Yes, on paper, it does look bad. It, like They lost Reckless, but with the coaching staff and those players, I think that they will do absolutely everything in their power to make sure that this voice of reason that's missing in this kind of chaotic style can be changed and molded to a way that fits them really well. Yeah, and I think that we saw that in their final game of the week where they were able to win, where it was a much cleaner game. Also, if you haven't seen it, you can go back and look at the VODs for, for PGL. Quickshot and I spoke to Bwipo, and um, you know he seemed pretty balanced. He had a pretty balanced take about it. He just talked about how it is a process, how he did need to adjust, how even he didn't give us the specifics, but that like Hilly had pulled him aside and given him some good advice. And just clearly it's a, it's a big uh, adjustment period for everyone on, on that lineup new players and old players alike and we'll just have to see how it advances mm-hmm. um let's 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 get two more um do you want you can you can pick if you want the um there's light flame and there's hard flame. hard flame you want the hard, hard flame, flame one yeah. all right i love me some spicy drama after a spicy bag. okay uh at hoshi nine zoe okay zoe means i'm a zoe mean says <laughs> there are better clash teams than astralis I mean, oh no, Gadrel! <laughs> you can't react like that. You can't just go. I mean, and then pause. You gotta like. I mean, I don't think it's true. It's it's pretty brutal. That's, see, that's what you need to go yeah, with yeah, first. Okay. You can't just pause and go, "Wow, uh, yeah," and then not say anything for yeah. thirty. I mean, Astralis haven't looked clip hot. clip that by the way, Phil. Clip the. <laughs> I no, mean, yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, the reason I was saying I mean is because I mean, I I had a clash team. And it was pretty stacked, you know. I had like Broxa, Poe, yeah, no way. That was a pretty stacked clash. Oh, so damn, the Don that, himself. Maybe that could have taken over. But um, yeah, Astralis had a pretty rough week. I think there's just a lot of indecisiveness. I don't know if that's just because their comms are really hectic and it's the first time that they're playing in the LEC together and stuff. Yeah. Or if there's just a lack of uh, game understanding or things like this. I just feel like their team fights are horrible. Their drafts kind of got better towards the last day, but still not great. And their lane phases aren't exactly like wow. This guy's going to stomp you in lane and then carry the game alone. Where's the carry factor on Astralis? That's my problem. I mean, you have Jessica, Noob, like, yeah, and White Knight, but there's no one standing out like he's going to carry. You know, like on the bottom tier teams, you've got like Patrick, who is quite yep. clearly the carry. And on Misfits, you've got Kobe, who's quite reliable and he's been doing really well. And now you've got these two rookies who have been popping off. There was no one really on Astralis that was either popping off or carrying. So it was like, hmm, so what are you guys going to do? Yeah. I think when I look look at it, the things that really stood out to me that, that make me really concerned for Astralis is that, on the one hand, I agree that their drafts did get better. And that just felt like them recognizing kind of their weaknesses and the position that they were in as a team. And also the struggles of week one. Because week one, the, the story was, like, once teams figured out that the complicated execution wasn't going to work on stage, they just drafted, like, simple-ass scaling team fight, And, mm-hmm. and Astralis definitely learned and that lesson. We need to make a clip right now, Dracos, for future teams in spring splits. 2022, 2023, 2024. <laughs> If you lose the first game or you're losing scrims and you think, hmm, yeah, we're probably going to suck on stage because we haven't figured out the game yet. Just pick a teamfight comp and scale. Yeah. Don't try to pick early game, playmaking, 1-3-1, split push. Stop juggling and overcomplicating things. Just clip it right now. Spring split, play a teamfight comp that scales. Job done. You'll win in the first couple yeah, weeks. It's crazy to me how people's team coordination can be in the dumpster, but then their ego's like up up here. Yeah. It's like throw your ego in the dumpster yeah. too. Suck it up and play Sejuani. You know yeah, what I mean? Just like, pick Orin, pick, pick Kai'Sa. Pick a Oriana, chill in your lanes, go even, and then yeah, full two, three K down, you'll win for sure because enemy team is sweating. Oh guys, we need split push yeah, this way. Oh my god, where are we going? Our Nidalee's not ahead. We didn't get our, our oh, Renekton yeah. combo. We didn't land a stun in lane, and now Renekton's yeah. slowly because losing to this Orn. And uh. from from my experience in scrims, yeah, you pick Nidalee, you get a level up. Oh, the game snowballing. Oh, all the dragons. Enemy team just keeps fighting into you and losing. You're on stage. Oh guys, hug me, hold me. I'm under my tower. <laughs> and it's week one. People are nervous. First team, nerves, all these things, the spotlight. Oh, but wait, guys, I'm playing Oriana. I'm scaling. They win the game. Yeah. So anyway, for Astralis, I think they look lost in the rift. I would expect to see significant changes. Right now, I think that they are probably the worst team from what we've seen. But it's not by a massive margin, is no. what I will say. I say they're clearly the worst, but it's not by a massive margin. And again, mm-hmm. nobody outside of Rogue and G2 and almost really nobody outside of Rogue had a had a clean week because G two could G two won, but that game versus Excel was very back and forth, and they definitely had some questionable early game moments too. So pretty much everything is up in the air. Surprise, surprise! The three best of ones are not enough to determine yeah. everything. I think that loads of teams showed that they're not that great right now. Shock Vitality was a complete slugfest. Excel was a picked a comp that did nothing. Mess. Mad Lions got a gold lead versus G two, and then started running it down, sprinting it. Uh, so <laughs> that said 
very fun to watch. It was fun to watch, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can say Astralis looked pretty bad, but I think every team spring split week one is going to look pretty bad, apart from obviously Rogue and G2 look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, last take really quick before we get to our rookie interviews of the day. Uh, VTO, rookie of the split. <laughs> that is what Steve at Blue Demise says. Uh, and has VTO rookie will be rookie of the split. Thumbs up. Probably too soon to tell, but Definitely. is VTO front runner right now? After that Zoe performance? I mean, there's so many rookies. SK is littered with them. It's true. But VTO, here it. I don't know if you really classify as a Here it doesn't count. It doesn't no, count. Otherwise, Armut would too, um, technically, which is We'll have crazy. to see how the weeks progress. He's looking good, though. 100% he's looking good. Mm -hmm. um, I will say I didn't expect that. Just looking at the overall U, U Masters and the national performances from last year. Yes, he won in spring, but towards summer, they kind of looked a bit shaky. But individually, I mean, VTO, I can see from just his streams and his solo queue, he's grinding so hard. So... It's good to see he's putting so much effort in and results are coming out. It was quite flashy. I'm expect I want to see how he's like more against a really strong team, for example, like G2 or the likes of Rogue. How is he going to stack up against them? Um, but uh, he's looking really, really strong for a middle of the pack team right now. Yeah, and I'm ready to see how all these rookies develop. As you said, there's a ton of new names, a ton of new players who technically aren't rookies too that look look pretty good. Honestly, mm -hmm. I'm actually very excited for this new rookie class. I am, I'm scared every year that this the next rookie class is just going to be like garbage you yeah. know what i mean like the talent like at a certain point i feel like the talent will run out and they will e have either bought too much or like we will have like scorned too much or like i don't know but i'm i'm always very paranoid that the talent is yeah. cool is going to dry up but uh, this is not the year i also think the confidence from vto like yes you saw his flashy play but the best part of the whole play was he was emoting during it and that just shows confidence and balls i think like yep. the fact that he's making fun of them and emoting at the same time is one thing but like if you make fun of someone and don't emote that's fine but if you make fun of them and emote, it just shows like you've got massive balls. Like, oh my you God. You are totally and completely unafraid on stage. Yeah, you're so good. in control. That said, we will also have to see how these rookies adjust when they do play on stage. Because it's been True. so long for these guys, even if they were going to play on stage in some of the smallest leagues, some of the regional leagues, they probably didn't in the past year. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what that transition is like. I think stage is a big, like. big deal. It absolutely is. Um, but that said... That's enough from the overreactions. Thank you so much for everyone who shared an overreaction. Um, let me see if there's... Uh, here's my last and favorite one at Oriskin Oriskin says Cage will have 100% 100% prediction rate in and outside of draft, which is already wrong because he told me Misfits were going to lose that game where they picked Vane. So boom, did I say that? You did. You tied it. Not on air. So maybe you could so say it doesn't that I'm count. A dirty liar. No, cut what? that out. Oh cut my god! Hey, All right. stop the we're count. Go. Stop the count. Hey, <laughs> okay, fine. Cut um, let's go talk to uh, our boy Checo lad. All right. It is my distinct and total pleasure to be joined by the brand new mid laner for Excel, the lad, Checo Lad himself, master of Syndra, sufferer of many ganks. Four man ganks. Four man ganks in the mid lane. Non Everything stop. focused on the new star player for Excel. Every wave. Every wave. <laughs> They're living under his tower. He never gets a break. Where's his Udyr jungle? Never coming to help him. Nobody knows. Um, <laughs> just going to call him out like that? <laughs> yeah, just Dan's not here. Easy, easy target. Um, anyway. It was funny with golems, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and the enemy jungle was just always mid <laughs> that tank that tank udier jungle really outscaling everybody um <laughs> anyway um subtle flame well not so subtle flame it was quite obvious <laughs> quite obvious um talk to me about the first week check it out how did, how did you feel about your performance individually how did it feel to be playing in the lec did it feel special did it feel kind of just like another day it's i imagine it's pretty odd playing from your gaming house on a show day um, so in the first game i was kind of stressed i was uh, so scared to like fight online i think mm. and i was just like dropping prio and not really fighting for it uh after the game i talked with with christ when you were walking to home and he said he said he had the same feeling but on our, our Schalke game like we just decided to fight to death kinda <laughs> i was like playing really cocky uh, on mid lane i think people don't like to gank mid lane right now i expect g2 i guess <laughs> <laughs> so i think like after like first game uh, i was feeling okay in the game yeah i think g2 special is always five man mid non-stop every wave <laughs> as much as possible and i think Chocolate got that treatment uh, the only question, uh, I, the only question I'd have for you, Checklight, is I, when I was in Excel, there was a lot of focus on out-of-game stuff, you know, good sleep, good nutrition, good these things, and Fabian was a really driving force behind that. And I think, for me, that helped me a lot as a player. 
Is this something new to you? Have you had this on other teams or are you enjoying this whole process outside of the game to help you inside of the game? Um, I enjoy it because in Agarok we, we had similar thing, I would say. And not we didn't have that much preparation before before the match. Like we five like we meditate, we do exercises before the match. Simon, uh, I feel I think it's okay. But when we did meditation in the first game, we lost after. But in, in Schalke game we didn't meditate and we oh. lost. So like so it's like a jinxing factor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> with meditation we have zero percent win rate. So. Yeah, meditation. Meditate. Yeah, I remember in Excel they do like this meditation process before the game starts to try and calm the nerves. Thirty uh -huh. minutes before the game starts. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was up and down for us. It worked for some players, it didn't work for others. I think it all depends on who you are as a person, really. It's so funny because as casters, we do the exact opposite thing. Like thirty minutes before the game, we're like yeah. hard chugging caffeine and listening to like the hard, the rut, the <laughs> hardest Russian hard bass we can find <laughs> yeah, it's true. to get going. It's literally the exact opposite. That's so funny. Um, so com coming into this team, I think when we look at Excel Checkalad, when we look at last year especially, people were like, this is the team that like Patrick is the carry. This is the team that's going to play around Patrick. And I want to know, with you joining the team, is that something that you're very aware of? And how do you see yourself in this team? Are you going to be the guy that like plays Galio, that plays the you know <laughs> the prio mid? Okay, so are, are you... Then I guess my question is, are you the kind of player that I wants Galio, to be the carry? <laughs> I respect hating uh, Galio. I just like to play control mages. Uh, I don't really play like supportive champs, I think. I mean, T TF is hyper carry right now, I feel like, so... I don't count him as like a support champ. Uh, I think I'm just like second carry, I would say. Maybe depends like from the game, but like we mostly focus on the Patrick as a carry. I just have to be like the discipline guide to not, not int, you know, and like deal damage in team fights. Yeah, so you're calling it back in the fights, making sure Patrick can scale, and then you're scaling with him, and then. Hopefully yeah, the game's in an even cheating. state because I think that having control mage and a super good hyper carry is a really good dynamic, especially because I think if you look at week one, especially loads of people are trying things. Even you guys tried the Ivan top. Loads of people are trying the Ivan top. G2 was trying it. People are trying these global comps with TF Pantheon. There's team fight comps. How do you see the meta right now after week one? Do you think it's more of like a team fight comp? Is it just people trying to figure it out still, or do you think it's just comfort in general? Honestly, I think it's comfort, but. Right now, like TF seems so broken, and I, I think it actually kind of first pick. So I, I don't know. I think it's still comfort for everyone, but I don't know honestly what to say. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's kind of hard to know, right? Because at the same time, we saw so many different games, and yeah. I'm like, I didn't hear anything about Orn in scrims at all from from most of the people that i was talking to and then like orange showed up on stage multiple times this weekend it just looked broken as hell i think partially because people just like couldn't close the game yeah um and then tf is like broken worldwide right but it seems extra broken in lec because no one knows what they're doing in the mid game um mm. when you compare your performance in scrims with excel so far like how much of that do you feel like is transitioning cleanly to the stage games because you already said Hey, there was some nerves. You guys were a little bit like uncomfortable in that first game. But do you do you feel like you guys are a completely different team when you play scrims, or is most of what you're doing in scrims also happening on stage? Uh, I think we didn't really practice uh, either much, and when we uh, went to our first game, we didn't know really how to play the game with either because I was like playing Zoe. We had no sideline champion. Uh, they were just pushing sides. We really didn't know what to do. Mm. Uh, we just add on five later, so <laughs> I think it, it worked. Um, the practice is different, I would say, because um, like people just play more aggressive in screens, but it's like always like this, and like games are sometimes uh, done at like minute five at dragon fight, you know. Yeah, it seems it always seems like that transition of that aggression is difficult, and it's it's interesting to me because it always made sense to me when it was hard to trans when you had to come into the studio when you had to play on stage. Mm. I always understood that, but it's it's crazy to me that you're still at home and that 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 that, that transition still happens. But I don't think that you're the only team it happens to. I think that's that's true for everybody. Um, let's talk a little bit about you because we we know a lot about Excel. We know now kind of a little bit more about how you want to play with Excel. But um, obviously, you're coming into the LEC for a split. You're on a team that's kind of had a mixed bag of results, always just not not quite making it to playoffs. Yeah. So what what are your 
like personal ambitions? Are you like, let's make it to playoffs? Are you like, let's make it to worlds? Are you like, I want to kill caps 1v1? Like what, what really matters to you when it comes to like setting goals? Uh, I think I just want uh, that actually be a good team in, in summer and spring. Like playoffs are like the, the goal, I believe. Uh, but the most important is, is practice for me. Like I just want to have like good results and uh, do well on stage, I would say, and yeah, just show like everyone that we are a good team, you know. Dang, I feel like that's it's a very um, that's like very mature, very mm. professional, very reserved I'm answer. Like I want to smash you two, yeah, kill yeah, caps, go to worlds, yeah, get yeah, out of yeah, groups. Yeah. And there's nothing. And there's, <laughs> and, I disappointed you. <laughs> I, yeah, no, 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 you didn't. But I'm just I'm surprised because normally, like, I think. Normal in the past, in years past, before I think we had the ERLs, before like, because you talked about having a lot of the support structure on um, AGO Rogue, that like didn't exist back in the day. You were yeah. either like, like having a sports psychologist, having like any kind of structure around you when you were in Challenger Series was like basically unimaginable. Mm -hmm. So it's it's crazy to me to have you come in as a rookie and be like reserved, have good answers, be prepared for this kind of things. Because it used to be back in the day, you either came in and you flamed everybody, right? Or you came in and you said nothing, or you said literally nothing in interviews. You just didn't do interviews, yeah. right? And I feel like you've you've hit this middle ground that's really cool. But I'm curious, like when you first got started as a pro, did you like what were your expectations then? Were you the kind of guy that was like, I'm gonna beat everybody? Were you the kind of guy that was just like really happy just to be playing League of Legends? Um, so I guess is this a new thing? This like reserved, very team focused. I want to improve day by day kind of thing, or is this is this how you've always been as a player? Uh, I think I was really clueless when I started playing pro. Uh, I was thinking like me is one v one, you know. <laughs> but then like, and then against G two, we figured it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, they remind me uh, that Milan is not one v one. Yeah, but like when I started playing uh, in Spain, my first split, I was like not communicating at all, and I was just playing one v one, and I hoped I would just kill an enemy mid laner. Uh, it happened a few times, you know, but. But usually I was just dying to ganks and at some point, like I was considered as a bad player, you know, so I needed to work on my other stuff. Uh, when, when doing Divin Worlds, I, I realized like how, how important is like team, team play, I, I would say. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of changed, I think. Yeah. Interesting to see. I mean, G2, obviously the four-man mids and stuff. But I think for me, just a quick question towards schedule. I know that strength of schedule is a bit annoying sometimes. So, for example, in this first week, you're up against Rogue and G2. So, the two strongest teams in the league. But after actually playing against them, now you can actually scrim them, which is what I noticed as a player, right? Even though you face the top teams, you can scrim them afterwards, right? So, do you think that's beneficiary or would you rather face bottom-tier teams and then be able to scrim those teams at the same time? Or how would you like the strength of schedule to play out for yourself? I think it's really good for us because we're gonna get good practice right now. Mm. Uh, like first games, like people are choking anyway, including me. So, like I don't mind losing them versus G2 and Rogue. You know, like we're gonna be better prepared versus Misfit Vitality and like etc. Yeah, that helps a lot actually being able to scrim top teams after having already faced them in week one because the whole preseason you can't scrim them because you face them week one. So. Yeah, that is really brutal. Well, yeah, and I'm excited to see. Um, before we let you go, check the lad. Do you have any? Do you have any uh, quick predictions for your games versus Mad Lions and Astralis coming up this week? Is this? Are they going to rue the day they four man ganked your mid lane G two? Are you like? Are you unleashed now? It's like Goku in the training room. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> like, like uh, <laughs> hyperbolic time chamber. Like, are you unleashed now after that first week? Because you've taken, you take, you had a great game versus G two. Um, Excel did as a team. Obviously, you were kind of the beneficiary of a lot of jungle attention, so a little bit rougher. But is this is this now where we finally get to see you like lay the smack down? But I think if if I don't die to like these gangs, I mean. If I respect like Graves uh, uh, top side in minute four, I think, and I don't lose my flash, like this game was actually free. Like we we, we had really good team, you know. We I had like Drakes, yeah. like, and they like had to face check us on Dragon, but like we we just choke, you know. Like I I choke, like I could respect uh, because it, the, when I died, like when they formed me, like my wife was good, you know. Like I didn't need to walk up, but. Mm. 
But I, I just wanted this cannon. <laughs> it's always <laughs> I about know, the cannon, me and you. Oh, I've seen, I've seen this cannon. There, as long as League of Legends is a game, players will grieve for the cannon. It's been happening since it's season one. It. It's been happening since pre-season one. You are not the first to die for the cannon, my friend. You will not be the last. No, I'm just excited. I, I'm glad that you have that reflection. It's cool to hear that you have that confidence because, like, if you had beat G2, that would have been such a start to the season. And even though you didn't, I still think it was again a fantastic game from your team um and full of great Thanks. moments yeah man so I, when i can i say something yeah Thanks. of course of course when i when i like when they finished the game and like later i just checked the the lc stream and they were so happy you know that, that they won versus excel like they were sweating so hard for this game <laughs> and they were like oh, oh, we won guys yeah oh, it's like a so sigh good. of relief <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they were so happy, and it made me happy as well because I, I don't know. I thought like they were not scared or something, but they I were mean, sweating for this. They, they were. were absolutely sweating. I said this to Cage, and I'll say it again. You pushed them to the absolute limit. Like that was that was an intense. Mm. That was probably my favorite game of League of Legends of the week, which I didn't expect to say. It yeah. was fantastic. But check a lot. Good luck to you, man, in, in your next week of games and for the rest rest of the season. Honestly. Thanks again for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks so um, much. It's dope to have as many new these new confident rookies, mm. man. You're setting a, you're setting a new standard for rookies in the LEC, and, and I love to see it. So thanks again. Invite Shigenda next time, guys. Yeah. All right. We'll get Shigenda too. All right. Let's do it. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for okay. Thanks, for guys. thanks for man. We'll see you later. See you, dude. Our next guest today is none other than the brand new Mad Lions jungler, El Yoya. And it's an one, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Excited to talk to so many of the new rookies here at the LAC. But as Cadrill is your brother in jungling, <laughs> um, I'll I'll let him ask, I'll let him pretty much run the show here because I think that he's gonna have a much better questions than me, where it's gonna be like, why in Italy spear not land? You know, that's oh. pretty much the extent. <laughs> oh, no. That's the, ex no. that's the extent well, of my questions. Why are you gonna start off like that? <laughs> No, I mean, I would just start by asking, how are you feeling? I mean, it's your first weekend in the LEC. I just want to know some thoughts and feelings. Did you think that you had a good showing, bad showing? I mean, I think the game against G2, your early game, was really, really clean, at least. Mm, yeah, I mean, I feel like I had a bad showing overall. I'm not happy with the games I have played so far. I mean, actually, now that you mentioned that, neither is Spear was like... I mean, I actually, it's a tragedy. <laughs> I forgot like, that you had a meme spear. I wasn't trying to flame you. I was just trying to pick something The rest of the game was good, that though. That was simple. That was my no, bad. No, actually, the, no, no, it was like, I mean, you can't miss a, a spear on a, on a stun target. And like, I mean, it's weird because I feel like on the first game against you 2 it's the game I was the least nervous. Mm -hmm. Nervous, and then the rest were like, I was a bit shaky. Okay, and those nerves coming into it, was that because of just the LEC, the pressure, was it the practice, was it the champions you put on, or what, what was the combination of nerves there? I think the, on the second game it was the champion I was put on, like, I'm really comfortable playing Nidalee, but not on the stage, like, on stage it was different, I kind of just choked a bit. Mm. No, I think your showing was good, and uh, although the spear did miss, I think the rest of the game was absolutely fine, and I think that there was, I think it was three different champions you played throughout the whole weekend, do you think that the jungle meta mm -hmm. is you can kind of pick and choose. Is it more based on what solo laners you have or is it based on the jungle being OP? Because we saw so many games, like you had a stronger, not you in particular, but in general, people had stronger junglers, but then the enemy team had more priority lanes. So it was really like kind of useless to have a stronger jungler when the enemy team has more priority lanes, couldn't really abuse it. Yeah, I kind of think it comes on more to priority lanes. Like I think the jungle pick right now is something to pair up with. That like, imagine you get a good 2v2 on the mid lane, mm. on the mid jungle, you get a good combo like Talia Renekton. I think that it's more about pairing it up with some other champions that work like really well, not that only your champ. Yeah, and it's um, it has been interesting to see it develop too, especially as teams I think have figured out that just like simpler, simpler combos, simpler options are, are what's better. Mm. Um, you're a guy that's been around and that has played and has come up and, and kind of a scene and has had competitive experience prior to the LEC, which is, again, something so cool to see. I said this in our previous interview too, but it always just makes me really excited. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, when, when you felt this kind of pressure this weekend, when you, you know, when you were struggling to like play at your best, is that something that you have ever experienced before? Or is this something that you're dealing with for the first time here in LEC games? No, no, it's something I have experienced before and it's like kind of like... Uh, to being scared of like missing and yeah just failing like big time for example and it's something that in the past i have just overcome by being like really confident on myself but here it's like 
it's a bit harder because I'm like on the next level that I was like, for example, like last year. So I think that I just need like some time to get comfortable in the league and to have some confidence until I can show like what I'm really capable of. Do you feel like a portion of that pressure comes from the fact that Mad Lions, obviously they had a really good uh, summer split, they finished second place. Yes, they bombed out at Worlds, but Shadow, I think in the regular split played pretty good. Are you trying to, when you join this team, are you trying to fill Shadow's role or are you trying to bring something new to the team, try and bring your own experience, try and bring this new sort of hard carry jungle style that you've been showing? I mean, I always try to bring like a, a new style. Like, I just have like my, my own style, which is like, I mean, yeah, in this, in this case, it's being like carry jungle. So I'm not trying to like fill any shoes or something. I'm just trying to like even be better if possible. Like, I'm mm. just trying to, yeah. I, I think, and thank you for your honesty, kind of just speaking about that yeah, pressure. Because I think definitely. pros will talk about struggling to perform, but rarely will they like actually say the words, I am scared of like screwing it up. And I mm. think that's that's a big thing to like admit out loud. I think and, accepting it is like the best thing, right? If you know that you're nervous and you accept it, you're like, you can play better, I think, and grow. Yeah, you can get past it instead yeah. of it being this like scary thing that you're not sure about. But I mean, that's I def it definitely makes sense, right? And like, that's something that I'm, I'm glad I have you here for, Cajal, because I have no idea. Like, I, there's pressure on the <laughs> cast, most certainly. But the worst thing that happens is like, I get a bad Reddit thread, but I get to keep my job. No one's like, no one's like, there's not yeah. a line of casters behind me, like ready to be the next, you know, play-by-play -play caster to take my spot. I feel like your, your role... And your job is just so much more competitive and so much more high stakes. So it's mm -hmm. it's always interesting to kind of hear about that pressure. Um, how how has the Mad Lions experience been for you so far on the main roster? Kind of like what are the big differences that you've noticed between your experience in the ERLs and now playing on the LEC? Is is there a big notable difference in like team environment and in how things are are structured? Mm, I think so. Yeah, I think that uh, there is like really a big difference in terms of how serious like things are here like i could for example last year have a happy a happy game in the screams and nothing would happen but here like if you have like a game that you're like just like not paying as much attention like it's it's a big deal because you're wasting like four people time that like are really here to win it's it makes you like feel actually really bad so i think that it's like way more serious and the environment and everything is just more competitive i would say but does, do you think that pushes you to become even better version of yourself because like if the re environment's relaxed it's erls maybe in the erl scrims you have a bad game or a bad set doesn't matter too much and then this pressure put on you in scrims to perform and people like for like you said four people around you who really really want to win does that motivate you to be like okay i really want to win too now actually does it do you feed off of those people mm, not me in particular because like i have always had like enough motivation like i mean my goals are really clear and it's I just want to be the best younger in you. So I don't need like that kind like more motivation. But I mean it for sure helps. And those goals about being the best younger in you, where do your goals set in terms of the global picture? You know, do you want to make playoffs? Do you want to finish top four? Do you want to make it to worlds? Do you want to just win the next game on stage? Where do you see your goals lying right now? My, I mean my goals are right now just making it to worlds. It's like my my next biggest step I kind of want to take. Yeah, and I think that lines up with Mad Lions, who obviously, um, you know, had a poor showing at last Worlds. And I know a, a lot of those players, all of those players would love to yeah. turn it around and show up more. Except for Armo, who technically had a good showing at yeah, Worlds, but at the, the price of Mad Lions, which is obviously very interesting. So uh, <laughs> whoops uh, on that one. But I think it's cool when you, when you talk. I mean, I think I like that you have this like that you have a, basically a team goal in the, in the sense of making it to Worlds and a personal goal in being the best jungler. So when you look at the best junglers in Europe, what is it that you, where do you feel like you still need to improve? Where do you feel like you still need to learn and get better compared to, I don't know, whoever you think number one is right now, be it self-made, inspired, I mean, ghost. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, I still feel like, I still, like, in, in EU junglers, we still need to learn a lot. Like, I compare, like, any EU jungler to, for example, like, just Canyon, and I just feel like there is, like, way too much of a difference. So I think that uh, we have to improve in pretty much everything, like every aspect of the game. Jungle diff. And yeah, that, going that, back to Dracos's point, <laughs> yeah. who would you say are the best junglers you face in Screams personally? I'm just curious. Mm. Probably I would say it's inspired Jankos. Mm. And yeah. yeah, I think those are like the two best at the moment. 
yeah and it stacks up it does stack up the the polish trinity as long as two of those names are of the polish <laughs> trinity of, of inspired self-made in yanko yeah. so i think we're, we're generally pretty good um <laughs> one kind of talking about international junglers because i think that you're right and i think that it's something that a lot of people notice because in europe for the longest time last year even into playoffs we were like tank junglers are the way hex flash set when like all of lck and lpl was playing like nidalee renekton in every single game yeah. yeah like we were so far behind of the curve but i do want to know like when you look at a guy like canyon and you go okay he's literally better than us at everything mm. how do you break that down so that you can actually like take that information in and learn from it and improve like what is your actual process then for getting better for learning how to jungle better because if i just go I want to be Jimi Hendrix and I locked to Jimmy. I can't like just pick up a guitar and like play a Jimi Hendrix thing slowly over and over again to eventually be like, that's not, that's not how it's going to work for me. So like, how do you actually learn and get better and get closer to being a player on the level of, of Canyon? Mm, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's kind of similar to what you said. Like there is things that you cannot like, like you cannot imitate it, which is his mechanics. I mean, even if I watch like a hundred bots, I'm not going to have his mechanics. That's just not going to happen. So, I mean, for me, it's like, I watch his, like the way he thinks. He plays around the map and I kind of try to what, like think what I would do in, if I was in his situation and just like watching him and other like really good junglers. I think that that's the way to go, the way to learn, like uh, trying to pick up like good stuff from everyone. And then like, obviously adapting them to your playstyle and having your own instinct mm -hmm. i think that's kind of the key to actually like even be better than them yeah and i think when it comes to learning from people who are like so clearly are like clearly better clearly more successful like canyon's a really easy example right because he's won so well mid laners can learn from rookie it's a clear example because he's just insanely good no one's arguing that, right? like no, people look up to michael jordan it's easy but like let's talk about the other end of the spectrum which is like when you're losing games to junglers in europe um, you know, and if, if you feel like they're worse than you or on the same level, like, is, is it as easy to learn from those games and those experiences too? Or is it kind of hard to be like, ah, crap, I also have things to learn from just to drop random names. Gilius, I have things to learn from, you know, Zanzara or from, from any of the other junglers. Like, do you still feel like there's a lot for you to learn here domestically in EU too? And is that as easy as say watching Canyon? I mean, I think that, uh, you can learn from possibly like everyone like i don't think that even if he's like worse than you maybe he does something better than you like maybe he's just worse than you at pretty much everything but like something maybe he's better at you that gang so you can learn that from him so i always like try to learn from every game even though yeah i think it's harder to for example learn a game against oh, whoever jungler he knew than for example if i was playing against canyon i think that yeah yeah, it would be nice to have Canyon here. Yeah, it would be nice to have Canyon here. We can't just import people like NA, <laughs> apparently. We'll, just, we'll get Carlos on it if Yankos ever washes up. <laughs> Carlos on the phone. <laughs> Carlos, Carlos you're, the entire future of our region is at stake here. We need you to import Canyon <laughs> so we can just have the best junglers. And all of a sudden, EU has the best junglers after a year. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, it would be sick. Um, I Again, I appreciate the honesty and I appreciate the perspective too. I, it's always really good to hear... Um, players especially new players be so grounded and i feel like that's what i'm getting from you here today where you're talking obviously about looking up to canyon which is totally reasonable the michael yeah. jordan of jungling everybody's gonna look up to michael jordan but also being willing to learn from the people around you the people above you in the standings the people below you in the standings just that constant willingness to grow and that also love just hearing that you have this personal ambition of being the best jungler and it's like probably a cliche obviously every jungler wants to be the best jungler but knowing that you want to do it and having an idea of how you're going to get there I think is such a big thing because there are so many people that when they join the league, I think do seem lost or out of it. So hearing that you like have a path that you are confident is, is really cool. Yeah. Like, uh, I think that I kind of hated on my past. It was like people that got complacent about like making it to something like I'm not going to get complacent. Even if I make it to world. like my goal is, I mean, my final goal, it would be to win worlds, but maybe that's a bit too optimistic, but it's my goal. So. Never know. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm never gonna get complacent about anything. Yeah, and this weekend you faced Razork, who is the only other Spanish jungler in the league. 
and he did get the better hand of you this time. And is Razok someone you looked up to? Was like a, a, a fellow Spanish jungler throughout the last year of playing in the in the ERLs and the LVP. Is Razok someone you kind of tried to compare yourself to as you grew throughout the last year? I mean, I actually learned a lot from him. Like he was the jungler I was looking up. Like not the most, but like he, I was looking up to him a lot when he was like, for example, just streaming because he also like streams in Spanish, so it makes it even more fun for me. Mm. But yeah. I mean, he's always been someone that I've looked up to, and it was like really, it was like re yeah, really good to play against him for the first time. Nice, cool to hear about that history. So yeah. I, that's all the time that we have today. But Oyo, well, thank you so much, man, and, and good luck in your games coming up. Excited. It's I didn't realize that you played Checo Lad this week, but we told Checo Lad good luck. So we're also going to tell you good luck. <laughs> so no bias. We, uh, you know, we're, we're equally invested in both sides. Good luck against uh, XL and Checo Lad. Good luck against Fnatic and, and their new lineup as well. And, and thanks again so much for coming on to talk to us. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me, guys. Of course. Honestly, really good to talk to two new rookies. Um, I think online is such an interesting factor in the whole thing, but glad to hear. I think from both of these guys, one kind of this very level-headed perspective from from both, but from Chekolad especially, very team-focused. And then from Elio, you had the balance of personal goals and overall goals. And I'll, and I'll say it again, and I've probably said it way too many times this interview, but we keep making cuts, so I feel like it's a new show. But I'm just really, I'm really excited about this year's rookie class. I think that there's so many promising players. And while we certainly had a lot of good players last year as well, I'm I'm ready to see, like the league progressively over these last two years has been changing more and more faces. And it like, it really finally feels like the previous era of League of Legends greats, you know, the Soaz is, I would say the Oduwamne, Cabo Shard left, right? Like Oduwamne is now in Shaka, so he's still around. But there's a lot of these names and faces that we got so used to seeing that are gone. And so to see new players who are ambitious, who are hungry, who are integrating well into their teams, even if it's just one week into spring, is, is super cool. Yeah, Europe's always kind of been hovering on these Titan players, you know. Throughout 2015, 2017, I think it was really these pillars of like Reckless, Forbidden, Huni, Rainover, all these people kind of held it together with perks has gone as well. Sven, Mithy, all these things, you know. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but now I think the last two years, it's just been like the Europe talent factory. Yeah. Mad Lions, Rogue, just throwing all these these good players that just kept having success, going to Worlds, keeping Europe alive. And I think that now Rogue's going into that phase where it's like, now we're the Titans of Europe. And then mm. these rookies of SK are coming in trying to chase behind Unless Steve is watching this show. In which, case, Steve's in, watching. in which case, Larson is dog, Steve. He's the worst player yeah, ever. The worst. He's so don't bad. Yeah, Inspire, you can't, don't pick oh, him up. Oh, no. They're not good, brother. Yeah. They're, they're terrible in the something. Yeah, bad please, attitudes. Please don't take them. <laughs> they, they fart a lot. I don't, like, I don't know. Like, please, please, Steve, don't take them. All of that was made up for the record. Those yeah. guys are Alfari as well. Completely so. great. Alfari took Alfari. Welsh legend. That was our only Welsh player. You can't just take our only he Welsh was all, player. He was, it was just me and Alfari, the only British players. I know. Now this okay. I guess Dan's there now. Dan's there. Dan they, has they, to they keep, won for Dan one. has to stay. Yeah, the Excel, the, the UK org has to have one. The UK has always had one player in the league. I think. <laughs> yeah. Stay Maxlor, like that. you. Kasing. Yeah. Kasing. There were a couple for a while. Yeah. Uh, well, Alfari's doing well, so we're happy for him. We're not going to be salty it's about popping it. Popping off. Um, rookies, very exciting week two. Maybe not the most thrilling week of games. I think it's not going to have nearly as many bangers as week one. But mm. the games that start out stand out to me, games that I'm personally really excited for, um, I'm curious to see. I actually think Mad Excel will be a really good gauge of kind of where both those teams are at, as I would describe them both as everyone's at one and two, right? Or in one and two hell for most of these teams. <laughs> hell. But for Mad Lions, want to see how Yoya does. Like we've kind of now we've kind of I've kind of built this matchup in my head because these are like now that we've talked to them these are my boys you know I, I want to see Checo lad I want to see Elio, Elio, yeah. like let's see him go toe to toe like does <laughs> Checo lad get infinitely ganked by Elio and then he kills him on the gank one v two plot twist oh! <laughs> I, we're just right like, we'll call Evan we got to get this in the script get for next script script for next week no when it happens we've got the clip so it's fine there you go um, other than that honestly it's like because the league is so messy. None of the Rogue or G2 games are super thrilling unless you're like a big fan of the team they're playing against. Mm. The, the, and you're like, I want to see how my team stacks up. Yeah, there's a Mad Fnatic game, right? There is. That's the that last game That sounds pretty league. stacked. Mad Fnatic is pretty That's pretty really dope. interesting because I think Mad Fnatic are on like the same wavelength right now of strength in a way. Yeah. So whichever one comes out on top there, you can see like a clear third place team in a way. Yeah, I also want to see more from, from Armut because he, he had that pretty rough game against Heeret and I know that was pretty standard that in the tcl he also had a struggle there but i want to see more about how he stacks up against these top top laners because that's the big question right is because he's not here to be middle of the pack when mm -hmm. 
got rid of Romes this week's side top laner. They were mad, at least to me, from the outside, really were looking for a player that could contest the Wonders and the Bwipos. Trying to get a title. Yeah. I think that's the important thing. I mean, they finished second in summer, right? But yeah. yeah, I mean, Misfits is someone, they're third place right now. Misfits is looking all hot. I am hyped on Misfits. Yeah. I don't want to jump on the train too yet, but uh, I was speaking to Deficio a lot. I'm kind of on the train a little bit. Deficio, but, uh, the thing about him being a casher, though, is he's so good at convincing you of things. That's true. He's so good at getting oh, you yeah, bought he's in. He's in my head. Oh, he's no. absolutely, the Deficio propaganda machine is in full swing. Um, that said, I really thought Hirat and BTO looked very good. Obviously, Same. Kabi's vein game was a mishmash. You know, on the one hand, he had the most degenerate level one <laughs> type I've ever seen in competitive play. Like, he literally just queued forward to harass, yeah. I guess. Uh, without a support in his area. And on the other hand, he absolutely smashed the, almost the entire rest of that game. So It was a good pick. Yeah, excited to see. Uh, week two coming at you Friday, Saturday, as always, same time. Um, thanks again to both Checolad and Elioya uh, for coming on to talk to us this week. And we'll see you guys next week for episode three of season seven of the Euphoria podcast. See ya.